Okay, it's Wednesday. That means we are now finishing this chapter. And even though we have done it over the week, meaning we were on this chapter also last Wednesday, it's a long chapter, so it's still quite a lot at the end. We After giving our entire strategy in tremendous detail of bringing Mashiach, the Rebbe now says, based on everything I said, we understand the significance of the mitzvah of the commandment of tzedakah, of charity. Because we understand that bringing Mashiach means taking klipas noiga, taking something from the realm of the permissible, though not holy, and moving it to holiness through using it for God. Obviously, there's nothing that is as let's call it time-efficient, in doing this as charity. Because generally, when you do a mitzvah, when you do something that God wants, that piece of self, that piece of your animal self, that piece of your body, that piece of the physical world, all involved in this act, moves from the klipas noiga space to godliness, to kedusha. But when you give charity, your entire animal soul moves to godliness. Because basically, to give charity, I need to be earning money. And earning money doesn't just take a piece of me. It takes me. It's tremendous work. It's tremendous exertion to earn money. And therefore, when I do so, my entire soul, self is invested in this money. Because my entire self is invested in this money that I work to produce. When this money gets elevated to God through giving it to charity, it's not just a piece of me that's going up. It's my whole animal soul. It's the entirety of myself that's moving here to God through charity. Because my whole self was invested in this money. Even a person who you could say doesn't work for his money, there must be some people like that out there in the world. Maybe somebody who's an heir who just inherited tremendous money and he's living off an inheritance. But even such a person, this money, though he didn't invest himself in earning it, but it still represents life. It still represents his potential life. Because through using the money for self, he would have enhanced his life. He would have added to his life. And since he didn't use it for himself, and instead he gave it to God, he took this future potential life and gave it away. So all of his soul and all of his body that would have been enhanced by this potential life is now part of the charity, the movement to godliness of the charity. So we see in a, as I'm saying, time-efficient fashion, in a quantitative fashion, there's nothing as powerful in bringing rejection and bringing the Mashiach as charity. Because it takes this concept of movement from the noga to godliness, and does it really quickly. 
moves tremendous amounts of that noga to Kedusha. So both in terms of the tremendous amount of self and also the time being elevated, the past time, the time when I worked for the money, the current time when I'm giving it away, and the future time representing the future potential life that I could have had, I could have bought for myself, I could have enhanced myself with this money, but I don't, I, I'm giving it away. All of this shows why charity is such an incredibly significant mitzvah to the degree that in the Talmud Yerushalmi, if we just say the mitzvah, we know we're talking about charity because it's the most important one. We see here how truly, as our sages say, greatest charity as it hastens the redemption because we see how much truly it can hasten the redemption much, much more quickly than almost anything else. But, you captured that over. Now I have a question. The question is, wait a minute. So we're saying charity, 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 nothing can bring the redemption like charity. Why do we say that the learning of Torah is equivalent to everything? Learning of Torah is not charity. So is charity more important in bringing the redemption? Read is charity that it hastens the redemption. Or is learning of Torah more important? As it says, Torah is equivalent to everything. So what the Rebbe basically says here is, before that's the question, that dilemma. First, I spent almost two-thirds of a page of Tanya explaining the enormous specialness of the commandment of charity in terms of bringing redemption. Then I say, but wait a minute. We all say, say, learning Torah is really, really important, really, really special. So, so how do we resolve this? Like, which is more special? But before we resolve it, that I've explained to us some part of the preciousness of learning Torah. The Rebbe here gives us three advantages, then explains the dilemma the which is more significant, and then continue with at least one or two more advantages. So this is one of these fundamental chapters of Tanya that explain the significance of Taira. Here sort of kind of like the back door, because this is a chapter all about action, and this is a chapter about bringing redemption through action, and suddenly we're like, wait a minute, but we're learning. And now we're going to go into the specialness of learning. Now again, all these specialnesses are Again, thinking of bringing redemption, meaning we had chapter 5, an entire chapter devoted to our special Torahs. We had chapter 23, we spoke of the specialness of Torah. But here we're looking at Torah in terms of how is she uniquely special over any other way of serving God in terms of bringing redemption, sort of bringing Mashiach. So the first thing that Eva says is that, again, if our strategy is to move all of Klippas Naiga to Kedusha, Taira has a unique ability to move our abilities, our, fa- our faculties of speech and thought. Meaning, most commandments, as for example, charity, are in the realm of action. So many, many, many times a day, my action is moved and elevated and given to God. But my 
ability to think, my ability to talk, these more subtle, more inner expressions of self are not as involved. When I learn Torah, this is what I'm using. I'm using my faculty of speech. I'm using my faculty of thought. So learning Torah is special in terms of bringing redemption because it can take these inner traits that are not as often given to God and give them to God. Second specialness that I says, and this is a tremendous innovative statement. Since chapter 12, we've learned, we're now at the end of 37, since chapter 12 we've learned that a regular person, a non-sadic, even a Benoni, has no ability to transform his animal soul. He can put it to sleep at the most. His animal soul is his animal, sleeper. Here the Rebbe says, your animal soul herself, not only, of course, as we know and we've discussed this since chapter 35, that the expressions of my animal soul can be holy and that every time I do a mitzvah, my godly soul is kidnapping, hijacking my animal and utilizing her to do the mitzvah. So if a person is giving charity, my godly soul is taking control of my animal soul's power of movement to get to my human power of movement to get that coin in the charity box. So that's the expression of the animal, and that we learned since chapter 35. Here in chapter 37, the Rebbe says, even a piece of the animal herself intellect of the animal can become godly. I thought that was impossible. Not the emotions of your animal soul. That's too intently powerful and too much against the godliness to actually be transformed to godliness. But the intellect of the animal soul can become kedusha, can be godliness, when you're using your mind to learn Torah. When you're using your mind to learn Torah, your godly soul's ability to think is not only taking over the power of thought of your animal soul to take over your human power of thought, but literally your animal soul herself is thinking and involved in the Torah you're learning, like right now, and she, for the duration of the time you're learning Tyra, the animal soul's intellect is godly. The Rebbe is saying, if your strategy to bring Mashiach is to transform everything of the world to godliness, uniquely only when learning Tyra, you could even transform a piece of the animal soul herself that nothing else could do. And then the Rebbe gives us the third specialness of learning Torah in this context of bringing Mashiach, which the Rebbe clearly identifies as the most important one. And that is that Torah is God's thought. It's the intellect of God himself. And just like in ourselves, where more of self is invested in our thought than in, other, in any other faculty of self. The so too by God more of himself is invested in his thoughts 
a.k.a. Torah, than in any other part of self. So when I'm giving charity, I'm connecting to a piece of God, to the will of God that wants charity to be given. And when I'm keeping the Shabbos, I'm connecting to a piece of God that wants the Shabbos kept. And those aspects of God are connecting to me and coming into this world. But when I learn his Torah, I'm connecting to him like through nothing else. Because he is more invested in Torah, in his intellect, than in any other part of himself. So therefore, if Mashiach means a time when God is revealed in this world, and if the strategy to bring Mashiach is me to bring God into this world, there's nothing that will bring God into this world as much as when I learn Tyra. Because he's invested in Tyra in a way he's like in nothing else, in any other mitzvah, in any other act I will ever do. So now we have a big quandary. Because we see how amazing, specifically in terms of unique qualitative aspects, how Tyra has an advantage in bringing Mashiach over anything, including charity. And yet, in a quantitative way, we still see how charity can move lots of klipas naiga more quickly than anything else. So, what's the ultimate in bringing Mashiach? Is it charity or is it learning? So the Rebbe answers this with a halacha, with a law in Judaism. There's a lot of depth to it, a very interesting concept. And this is the scenario, this is the law. A person is sitting and learning Tyra. Someone comes over to him and says, can you please help me right now? I know you're learning, but can you please stop learning? I need your help. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to stop learning and help the person? Or are you supposed to continue learning and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I'd love to help you, but right now I'm learning and, and I, 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 I'm still learning. It's really important to help people. It's really important to learn Tyra. What do you do? So the halacha, the law of Judaism is that if there's someone else around who can help the person, keep learning. But if there's no one else around to help the person, stop learning and help the person. This is the law. What is this law saying? What's the implication of the law? What's the depth going on here? What it's telling you is as follows. Ultimately, in terms of what the world needs, the mitzvah has to be done. That good deed, that act of helping someone in the world has to happen. The charity has to be done. The world needs to do that charity. But in terms of yourself, there's nothing that feeds your soul more than learning. So the act has to be done. But if someone else is around who can do the act, great. You don't need to do it. You keep learning. You are feeding your soul when you learn like nothing else. But if there's no one else around to do it, even though the Torah is feeding your soul in a way this act of kindness won't, but the act of kindness has to be done. So close your books and go help. Which means when I'm looking at the world and I'm saying this dilemma, charity, learning, what's the way to bring Mashiach? The Rebbe is saying, for the sake of the world, the mitzvahs have to happen. Charity has to be done. The action of mitzvahs are needed to move the world to godliness. 
but in terms of yourself, nothing will charge your soul. Nothing will empower you as much as learning. And therefore, for yourself, learn. Keep learning. Feed your soul. And then, of course, with all this energy from feeding your soul, you should be empowered and focused and do lots and lots of mitzvahs. The Rebbe continues by saying that specifically by learning Torah, are you calling God by name? When you pray, you also call out to God. But we're not using his name. Torah are the names of God. So when a person learns Torah, he's calling to God by his name. And since you're calling to God specifically by his name, the response is very, very strong. And if I think of that, I think of, as the Rebbe says, how fortunate my soul is that I'm learning. My soul's so lucky. Look what she's getting. She's getting such an amazing relationship with God. I'm turning to God and calling him by name. And when someone calls you by name, you respond. So look how God is coming down to me through this learning. Wow. I'm so lucky. And also, wow. This really leads me to a fear of God. Because I'm bringing God down upon me now. In a way like nothing else, feeling the truth of God coming to me is a very awe-inspiring concept. It's a very positive concept. It's a happy concept. I'm lucky. And it's also very, very awe-inspiring that God's to that degree literally coming to me, which is good. Because that means through this Torah learning, it also is a tool, it's a vehicle for me to come to a true fear of God, which we will discuss soon, starting in chapter 41, at length. Any questions? That was a might have seemed long, but it was a pretty brief rendition of today's chitas. Any questions? Okay. Very practical. We know what we're supposed to be doing now. Give lots of charity and learn lots of Torah.